How about you, pal? You like drums? I'm not pussyfooting. I'm double bass drumming. Welcome to Hot Sticks Drum Show, presented in conjunction with Drum Drum Channel. I'm Ari Gold, Guinness World Record holder for air drumming and director and star of the air drum cult comedy Adventures of Power. Featuring Neil Peart and an all-star cast. Stream Adventures of Power at airdrummer.com and support the Grammy Music Harris Foundation. And check out other episodes at hotsticks.fm. And now, let's chat with the world's greatest drummers and more about music and the human heartbeat. Imagine that. I'm Ari Gold. I'm here at Drum Channel with Neil Peart, who uh, was my initial air drum teacher when I was eight years old. He didn't know it, but um, I was air drumming to, to his music back then. And ultimately, I think he made me into a musician. And my first film is about air drummers. And uh, so it was natural that I would want him to be in it. And it was incredible that he ended up being in this movie and helping me tell the story of what music means to people, whether they can hear, whether they're deaf, or whether they can speak and don't know how to speak, or whether they can play music or not. Um, and so we're, we're here at Drum Channel talking about music, what it means to us, and also what it means to kids, and, and how um, great it can be if we can help support music education for kids. And my part of the film came about um, through uh, a lady at our office, Peggy, uh, sent me a note saying, this guy's making a movie about air drummers, and he wants you to be in it as the judge. And I'm thinking, hmm, if I were asked to judge a real air drumming contest, I don't know if I would. So I thought, no, I don't think so. And then, uh, but Peggy got, has, she has really good instincts for these kind of things. She said, I got a feeling about this guy, that it could be something good, and you might want to think about it a little more. So I thought, okay, and finally I thought, why not? And uh, so went to a, a studio in, um, over in um, San Fernando Valley anyway, and showed up, and it was remarkable. I can only compare it to I've worked a couple of times with independent bands trying to make an album on a shoestring, and what the amount of work they could pack into a day, the amount of music they could pack into a day, because every minute was so valuable, and there wasn't time to experiment too much, and they'd have an idea, let's try a little, you know, bongo part over this. So you do it once, okay, <laughs> wait, no, no, and, and it would do the job, and they'd need to move on and get the most amount of work done. And this uh, film project was like this, and it was young people who were experienced enough to know what they were doing, but um, recently enough out of film school, I think, to also have a, enthusiasm, not just for their craft, but for the project itself. And there, I think we did six or seven takes in, you know, half an hour, basically. I'd finish one and set up, and everybody was keen to be there. And it was quite a, a different thing, of course, from, um, from what uh, a lot of wasteful uh, experiences can be uh, in front of a camera, even just filming a video where you spend three days to film, you know, four or five minute song. So it was wonderful to see that spirit among the people uh, working on this film, that it was so much uh, not only a labor of love for um, its spark plug, Ari, but for everyone involved. It was something that they felt personally engaged with. So it turned out even the filming day was a great experience. And for anyone who hasn't seen the film, uh, I come out at the end to reward Power with his uh, giant check prize. So uh, filming that and being a part of it was was uh, a wonderful experience, even on the day. So it, it's something that's paid off, and Ari and I have become friends and have, have found we have so many other things in common. So I'm just so glad that uh, Peggy at our office had good instincts and encouraged me to be involved. As, as am I. <laughs> you talk about the 
um, it's being done on a shoestring, and, and the movie is being released on a shoestring as well. We're <laughs> we're, um, we're totally independent, um, and I, I think when I was making the movie, I had this idea that I would finish it and I would sell it to one of the big boys, and and then I would you know sit back and watch Happily it ever come after. Out. Yeah, and in a way, I I think the lesson of the movie karmically it's kind mm. of great that it repeats itself absolutely with um, the release where it's like no no it's ultimately the the responsibility of of the artists and you know my friends and everyone who believes in the movie including drum channel there was a a contest on drum channel um, to see if uh, to air drum put yourself online and see if you could get a lot of views and chad smith from chicken foot and chili peppers um was air drumming as well, and so you know, you, if you wanted to link to his page, you would see how you know see how you did. And I ended up trouncing him, ta-da! <laughs> um, and although I, I, I credit the band Tokyo Hotel that that blogged about my movie for inexplicable mm. reasons, but anyway, so um, I thought this is great that there's a channel that's doing a, a air drum competition and that's devoted to drummers and devoted to rhythm and. And Another I, tale of perseverance, too. At the time we shot that scene, was that 2006? Yeah. Late 06 yeah. when we did? So three years ago almost now. And uh, at the time we we shot the scene that I was involved with, and I said, okay, now I have to go raise the money to finish the film. Yeah. And like you said, at that time it was um, not only like you had a budget to work from, but you needed to earn the budget even day to day as you were going. And the tale of that, it being that long ago, too, is that the, the struggle to get it not only finished, but then out in the world. Yeah. And any person making music or writing words or painting photography, anyone knows you know, that to make that leap from creating your vision is one thing, but then to take that vision into another person's eyes or ears is uh, a whole other step. And um, like you said, it is a remarkable parallel karma with the character. Yeah, the character thinks... And at the, the movie beginning, as a character. The beginning he thinks, okay, if I just had a drum set, I would be a man. <laughs> and... And then he, he learns that he, he already was. It's all here. And so, you know, what I said to myself a few months ago when I decided to stop waiting for Hollywood to release the movie for me, I said, oh, you know what? I'm getting mail every day from people who love the movie. I'm getting mail from people who thought it was funny. I'm getting mail from people who, who cried because they were moved by the story. Let me just work on releasing it myself and the right people will come to me. And I think that's how I ended up with, with Drum Channel. I ended up with people who, who understand what I'm doing. And I now have a whole team of volunteers all over the country, um, really in every city in, in, in the States, and also people mm. from around the world starting to hear about it too, who are saying, how can I help? How can I get the word out about the movie? And that's kind of a great thing, because when I was first getting to Sundance with the rough cut, I was surrounded by people who I didn't really trust, who wanted to work with me. I, I love your work, and you know. And then suddenly, the business was having some trouble, and our first screening didn't go so great, and and all those people scattered. All the uh, mm, good lesson. All the users scattered, and now everyone who's involved in the movie, everybody is in it for the right reasons mm. because. There aren't dollar signs at the end of it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, now it's really just heart signs. Yeah, there's just heart signs. <laughs> exactly, <faces>. exactly. <laughs> and that is a that is a, a beautiful lesson um, to 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 learn for myself mm. because I think the side of me that was wanting to wanting to sell out, you know, yeah. is gone now. And now mm. it's I really just want the movie to to connect with people and and yeah. and open myself up to let's see what happens. I have comic book artists who 
you know, who are now doing cartoons for my blog mm. for free. Um, I have all these artists and, and people who want to do art and, you know, offering their services to the movie. And Yeah, well, some of us are sensitive to the real thing, you know. It's so obvious that, like I said, with my association right away, it's okay. I get, you know, it's all for real from our mm-hmm. first exchange when we met. I broke my arm while I was shooting the movie, which is funny in retrospect that you break your arm doing an air drumming movie. But um, the first two doctors that I called, uh, the, the receptionist did not take the call because they thought it was a prank caller. Mm. Because it was in New Jersey, and like Entourage is really popular in in that area, and everyone was like, "Oh yeah, this is a prank." Yeah, and so I couldn't get medical attention because <laughs> of my name. Yeah, really. I guess I I was about to tell a story about um about uh, why it was so wonderful to to work with you, but what music meant to me at such an early age, mm. and long before I played anything, I have such a strong memory of putting on um moving pictures for the first time, which was not my record, but it was my older sister's record. And <laughs> everything that came from her had a little bit of menace because it was those older people who might have tried cigarettes and stuff like that. Um, but putting it on, I immediately felt something go through my body. And this is what eventually became the character of power and that music affects people's bodies. And they've done studies now of kids and music and found that kids who engage with music, kids who do dance or, um, or learn to play music become mm-hmm. better at math. They become better at all kinds of different things because the nerve system actually gets trained by music to well, understand. Yeah, the mu- musicologist uh, Daniel Levitin, he has two books out now, but the first one, This Is Your Brain on Music. And he's a neurologist at uh, University of Montreal and a musician, producer, you know, comes from both disciplines and has traced all that. And there's no activity that uses more of your brain and performing or even listening the response to music, too. Oh. There's so many parts of your brain that are called into uh, the appreciation. And what you said, the immediate physical response. And Mickey Hart, one of the Grateful Dead drummers, had um, drumming at the edge of magic. And he did, it's the same thing, a scholarly inquiry into rhythm mm-hmm. and how it affects, like from, I guess, from the age of about three, uh, children can uh, reproduce rhythm and feel rhythm and, you know, dancing and everything starts earlier. But, right. but the key, the locking into uh, period that comes along then and all of the, uh, there's the theory of entrainment he writes about where if you put two analog alarm clocks beside each other, they will beat in sync. And two heartbeats. Uh, they the become drummers, in sync? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they'll tick-tock. It's easier for them to tick-tock in sync. And, and the same, the theory of entrainment goes down the line even to heartbeats or why mm-hmm. women in the same house synchronize their menstrual right. cycles and all that. But the, the two drummers in Grateful Dead, they used to lock their arms for half an hour before the show to get their really? entrainment going. So the, wow. And the physical response to it, I had the same thing first hearing music as a kid. And I can remember the hearing singles at the time. And just feeling that rhythm was was uh, absolutely my first response to music before melody. And um, growing up in the '60s, as I did, everybody at school played something. It seemed like you know, mm-hmm. especially in uh, with the uh, rock revolution and the Beatles coming along in the '60s and all that. Every, you know, there was six bands, six rock bands among my classmates, all playing together. Everybody was a drummer and everybody was a bass player, and it got all competitive like and mm-hmm. that too. But the engagement with music was total. And uh, for me at that, I started playing drums on my 13th birthday. My parents got me drum lessons. And uh, the advice I always give to parents, too, is, um, you know, they'll say, oh, I want to get my kids some drums. Which one should I get? I say, well, get a pair of 
uh, stakes in a practice pad and lessons and see how it goes for a year. And if they're playing that practice pad, or like me, I'd spread magazines around my bed, mm -hmm. and it would be Keith Moon drums, you yeah. know? It's I used pillows. Yeah, and yeah. exactly. <laughs> totally relates to the air drumming yeah. thing. I would make these wonderful drum sets out of magazines <laughs> and then beat the covers off them. But uh, from my 13th birthday on, and then I had lessons every Saturday and would practice all week and learn uh, a sight reading and... Um, and playing by ear both, my teacher was great on that. But even at the lesson, we were just playing practice pad drums. I didn't play real drums for mm -hmm. probably at, until after the first year. And then got a little three-piece set. And I was talking with my dad the other day, and we were reminiscing about how he would take me up to my drum lessons on Saturdays. Or I got him to meet me there one day because they had a set of Grey Ripple Rogers. And I was all crazy for little drums, a little 18-inch bass drum, 14-inch floor tom, and 12-inch tom. I'd stare at those Rogers drums every week at my lesson. Finally, through my mom, I got my dad to show up there and talk about them. They were $750. And we, my Whoa. dad would co-sign for the loan if I made the payments. So I cut lawns, and I worked at my dad's farm equipment dealership and everything to, uh, to pay that $32 a month. I still remember what the payment was all these years later. But you the, paid it off? I paid it off. <laughs> and yeah, But if I ever broke a head or cymbals, you know, oh, terrible. But then... Um, I had a crack cymbal, and the guy at the music store gave credit, gave me credit as a teenager, and to, to, this was like a step into the big world and, and trust mm -hmm. that it gave me, you know, and then paying that back as a matter of responsibility, and, and it was an urge to work too, so I could buy that new cymbal, you know, I, I would work for my dad during holidays or something to make that happen, but um, the transition in life of, of suddenly having that mission, and then I played at the school variety show. And uh, it went really well, you know, and my, my parents were there and they were proud and the other kids were making a big fuss. And it was the first time I'd done anything that was cool, you know, <laughs> and uh, that brought me some respect among the kids because I was, um, you know, kind of a, a brainy nerd. And, uh, you know, power knows. <laughs> There's no coolness factor there. No. <laughs> but after I did a drum solo at the variety show and all the kids were buzzing about it, suddenly right. I had like an inch of cool in my oh. life. <laughs> and uh, what a difference that made. And then started playing in bands. It was the end of my scholastic career, unfortunately, because um, we just ended up um, band practice after school or you'd skip school and go to the music store and talk about mm -hmm. drums and talk about bands and all that stuff. It became a completely consuming culture through my teenage years, but so validating in all those ways, something right. you could be creative in, not that we knew, knew those words when you're 14, 15, but it is what you're doing. You know, yeah. you're getting together with the other guys and learning songs, learning to imitate and figuring out how you're going to do something. Um, the socializing aspect, you know, when you're in a band with four or five guys, you're brothers, you know, mm -hmm. however long it lasts. But uh, that was such an important uh, part of the period too. And, and the instrument and the, the sense of community and the validation of performing and learning and getting better, all of that stuff. Uh, there was sport. I didn't have that in sports, and I suppose that might be for some kids. Some people do have it in sports, obviously. Yeah. But um, like you said, you know, music does have a specific uh, way of affecting the brain and, and the soul yeah. as well. Sports um, doesn't have that, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, neither of us grew up with with heavy sports in our lives, so so we can say that. I'm sure there are people who would slap us for yeah. saying it. But you know, after finishing the first cut of Adventures of Power and premiering it at Sundance, I went to Guatemala with my ukulele, and um, as one does, as one does. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I had That's to get. Song. I went to Guatemala. <laughs> With my well, I wish I could say it was out of relaxation, but I just actually had to get away from the film world. Mm. I had to get away from certain reviews that were haunting me, oh. and uh, you know, I hadn't yet learned to ignore reviews. 
Um, the author, Tom Robbins, gave me the best advice. He said, I stopped reading reviews early on because if I believed the good ones, I'd have to believe the bad ones. Yeah, exactly. And I followed that yeah. since. I never, never read a review. I have learned that lesson now. I did not know that at that point. But um, There ought to be a school. There, Teach of these well, things. That you well, learn, that's what you learn doing. it the hard way. We're, we're collecting knowledge and yeah. collecting experience and passing it along. Um, Kids, don't ever read your reviews. Don't read your reviews. <laughs> <laughs> you know, going to these small towns with a ukulele, um, instantly I would be surrounded by kids mm. who wanted to learn something. They wanted to, they wanted to know how this little instrument worked. They mm. wanted to try it. They, um, and seeing the kind of excitement that, that this $30 piece of wood with nylon on mm-hmm. it had on these kids um, made me realize again, the power of music, and, and I talked to teachers in these towns who were saying, oh, you know, it's tough to get the kids to, to focus, and, you know, we're way understaffed, and, you know, you know, I'd see these schools with hundreds of kids and, you know, 10 teachers. Yeah. And I thought, you know, if we could just get ukuleles into all these schools... A ukulele you know, for every pair of hands. But, uh, but, but seriously, yeah, drums you know, have that then, same entree, too. I've traveled a lot in Africa, and, of course, um, in West Africa particularly, the drum is... The language and it, it it brought me into many wonderful encounters with people in these places and um, in the city of Salvador in Brazil is where the Brazilian Oladom the the Brazilian marching drums like mm-hmm. on that um, Paul Simon uh, album Rhythm of the Saints uh, this is the town where all that is born and you walk down the street and you hear drums over here drums are here a drum corps it's it's a Brazilian flavor on marching drums that right. of course has a whole other um, rhythmic input in it but essentially you walking. Mm-hmm. It works on the lower spine instead of... Well, it's here. got all this, yeah. the samba and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the, so much different uh, counterpoint and syncopation going on, but it still draws from our American marching bands. Um, so it's wonderful what happens there. But to walk down the street and hear it all around you, coming mm-hmm. from this room up here, and, and African villages are the same. You take a walk through a village in the night and you don't hear TV sets, and you don't hear radios because they don't have any, right. but they have drums. And uh, I had experience like that of hearing drums coming from a compound and going inside and having a wonderful encounter of playing with the local drummer. And uh, there was a young uh, Irish missionary there, a teenage kid, and he'd been trying to learn. And the African master had been like grabbing his hands, basically, trying to right. get him to play a rhythm. And he just couldn't. So finally, I was sitting there watching, I said, well, give me a try. And then we're playing away, and the, uh, the uh, Ghanaian drummer and myself were playing back and forth and back and forth. And then um, all the kids crowd in and start dancing, and all the women are looking at the window, howling with laughter to see a white man right. playing a drum. You know, right. that does not happen every day in this little village. But it was this amazing experience. And the end of it, we ended in floods of sweat, the trauma, and we did, you know, got matched together and whack, and just ended and la- laughing, you know, by that point. And all the kids are laughing and the, the moms are laughing. And, and it was this joyous scene. And then the poor Irish missionary says, How'd you do that? I said, Ah, I'm in the business. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what it can make in young people, too. And some parents and teachers, I suppose, get too strict about it. You must play the piano or you must play the violin. I think as a parent, really, just play something. And uh, if they play piano for a while and get bored, well, play guitar. And if you get bored, well, try violin, try yeah. flute. You know? Um, yeah, the, the point is not to just make Just be encouraging, kids. but not um, forceful about it. And you can get that kind of relation going where the kids feel like they have a choice. Right. But at the same time, they have a voice. Oh, you can't buy that. <laughs> but it's, he doesn't uh, always speak in rhyme. <laughs> really? I am pentameter coming soon. 
But that, that is the beautiful thing to see. Yeah. And um, I've been involved in with schools, and uh, a lot of times what I'll do is, of course, my warehouse gets packed with um, drums and cymbals and things people send me to try, and I feel bad about them going to waste, so I'll find a school that needs them and send them over. And they might all be mismatched samples that uh, you know come from the factory or something like that, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I was able to put together like six drum sets just out of odds and sods and send them over to the school. So you can imagine what a difference that makes because they had a, a drumming department of um, several dozen kids with two drum sets. Mm-hmm. So that's frustrating too, especially a drum set's quite elaborate to have. But it's obviously piano, you know, for a family to afford a piano. So if that can be done um, through the school or um, in, encouraging different instruments, not making the kids think you have to play this instrument that you hate, fine, find something you like. A lot of parents who want their kids to be into music are, are start pushing them towards being prodigies. The point is not to make a prodigy. The point is to, to connect a kid with the joy of music and trusting that that is going to affect the kid's choices whether or not they ever play music again absolutely not and and not to become a professional musician i know so many people who are beloved amateurs true amateurs lovers of music in that way and uh, work whatever they have to do to make a living but play part-time in cover bands on weekends and get all the joy of music without the professional responsibilities i suppose like that does equate to sports mm-hmm. people who love to play baseball yeah. or hockey can keep playing, you know, yeah. you don't need to become a professional. And music, likewise, it enriches your life because it enriches your understanding. For some people, music can be a solace, a place to go mm-hmm. if you're sad. You know, a lot of people take refuge in music and, you know, you know yeah. I've done that myself. If you're feeling lonely, the one song you just play over and over again that consoles you. So it can be even as simple as that, but the inspiration of it too. And like you t- talked about the physical response to music, the adrenaline glandular response mm-hmm. to music too. All of that can be part of a young person's knowledge. And it's like getting an appreciation of any art, really. It's going to enrich your whole life. It doesn't mean you have to grow up to be a painter. Right, exactly. Um, well, that's what a lot of parents or schools end up thinking. It's like, well, we need to make scientists. So we're cutting, <laughs> you know, we, we've got to cut the budget somewhere. So let's cut the music budget because we don't need to make more musicians. That's not the point. Mm. The point of music in, in schools is to create a whole person that can make a choice exactly. to be so, a scientist. And you know what? They're not supposed to be, they're supposed to be teaching them how to learn in a lot of ways. And I equate it to like high school English, certain novels and uh, Shakespeare's Julius Caesar is ruined for me forever, dissecting but, it. And, by your teacher. Yeah, <laughs> because you have, well, certain novels were too, they, you, because you have to go that deep into all that stuff and then that just teaches you to learn. Mm-hmm. teaches you the next time you can read it on your own. And now there are all the other Shakespeare plays I really love. But right. Just that one was ruined and, and, and certain novels were ruined. But um, what a valuable exchange. you know? Yes, I had to just dissect that one to death for months and learn all this stuff that seemed kind of boring and pointless to me at the time. But it became a foundation like music can become that, well, it, it enriches you mm-hmm. as a person. Like you said, your character, your sensibility right. is uh, forever written by that. Talk about language, actually, uh, that kids who learn multiple languages at a young age become much more able to take on third, fourth, fifth languages later Mm. on. And I think music has a similar effect on development. For me, you know, er taking this idea of someone who was denied music and turning it into the source for a movie, um, for me, does have a a, a spiritual significance because, um, A, there are a lot of people out there who are denied music, but on a deeper level, everyone um, feels that they're denied something in life. And so much of the, what drives people in, in a way that I think is 
problematic spiritually is this idea that there is something out there that they need to make them complete. Mm. And this is a movie about somebody who learns that the heartbeat is the center of everything. Um, the heartbeat is where music comes from. The heartbeat is where rhythm comes from. The heartbeat is where drums come from. Mm. And he has the drums. Not to mention breathing. <laughs> breathing comes from, oh, well, yes, breathing is important too. It's true, it's true. Um, I recommend it. Breathing is important. Just me. For me, air drumming is, is, a, is a way of saying, it's sort of a, a parable about what you can do with nothing. Um, yeah, the, the memorable phrase that uh, Ari uses is, March to the beat of your own drum, even if you don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a it's a cautionary tale, about, I guess, what, about what happens if you don't have something, but it also is maybe telling people that... A tale of redemption. Yes, you, you can find the drums within yourself, but um, how much sweeter if, if a kid can get the drums for real. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to go into the Drum Channel studio, and we're going to change, have it do a... Um, I think there's a special guest that's going to be coming from from New Mexico. Yeah, the star of Adventures of Power. And we're going to have a duet of drums and air. Thank you so much for listening to Hot Sticks Drum Show. Please stream the movie Adventures of Power at airdrummer.com and support the Grammy Music Heirs Foundation. And don't forget to subscribe at hotsticks.fm. And of course, feel free to ask me any questions or make drummer requests at Ari Gold on social media. And keep marching to the beat of your own drum, even if you don't have one. We are air drummers. Every one of us. Imagine that.